Anxious to step through the gate again, Major? Yes, I am. We all are. Would you like us to bring back anything special? Uh, no, thanks. Groceries, new outfit, flatware? Hmm. No. Just yourselves in one piece, please. Dial it up. You say. Welcome to the Jumping Puddles podcast. Be sure to listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and or YouTube. And follow us at Jumping Puddles Podcast on Tumblr and Instagram, and Jumping Pud Pod on Twitter. Hi, I'm American Sam, and with me are my fellow co-hosts, Tor and Ash. Hey! Hi! <laughs> and this week, we watched The Gift. Dun dun dun! Dun dun! <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. We have a Taylor episode. Yay! <sighs> and it's a it's good, good one, actually. Ooh. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I mean, you gotta have some uh, not-so-good ones later on, but at least this one. Top tier. And right off the bat, too, I love the cold open of everyone's nightly routine. Of course, Rodney is the only one mainlining coffee and not sleeping. <laughs> I also found it really funny that John was sleeping in full-on black long sleeves. It's very <laughs> telling of his repressed nature or the fact that he's afraid that he's going to get called to active duty in the middle of the night, pantless and or shirtless, and so just sleeps in his clothes. I have no idea which. I love him. He's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> He's so silly. What was the weather like? Like, I wonder. Like, you know, like, was it hot? Was it cold? Did he always wear long sleeves no matter what the weather was like? Just in case, yeah, what if he was attacked? But now I'm thinking, okay, sorry, not to... Damn, we're already overanalyzing three seconds <laughs> in. You know, it's going to be a fucking good-ass episode. But, no, I'm just saying, I wonder if it, um, it was sort of like a sign of how uneasy he was because the wraiths were getting closer like maybe he just like kept wearing long sleeves and then maybe over time you know by the time we get to the shrine because we know he's in a little funky panda shirt <laughs> in the shrine PJ. so maybe it was something that, yeah this little like bottoms too like maybe it was just like over time like he was just so genuinely stressed out genuinely worried for his life in the beginning that he was like i can't bust out the funky panda shirt <laughs> i'm safe and then maybe eventually he felt safe. He didn't want to show up in the gate room <laughs> in his pajamas. That's so funny. <laughs> Let us see his uh, t-shirt collection. I need to know. Please. He definitely has a few nerd shirts. <gasps> he already has a poster of Johnny Cash. Maybe he has a t-shirt too. Oh my god, yeah. Okay, he has a Han Solo t-shirt. Yes. Ah! Yes. Definitely. Oh, Something cheesy like like Han shot first or some shit. Like, ah! <laughs> um, Speaking about the opening, um, <clears throat> I always forget that when we get to Taylor that we have like a dream inside a dream. And I've watched this episode a lot. Like, not a lot, but I, I've watched it more than other episodes, especially since I started shipping Taylor Beth. Um, 
Sorry, I had to put it in there. Please. <laughs> um, and every time I watch it, I, every time I forget that we see a dream inside a dream, and every time I wonder why she's going to John when she's like in distress. Because, and I don't think that's just because I not. I don't think that's just because I don't ship them, but also I I don't really understand. It never seemed to me that they had that kind of relationship that she would just show up at his doorstep at 3 a.m. Um, <laughs> to tell him about the bad dreams she had or whatever is going on with her. Her. Do you think? Do you think she would go if she was really stressed out at? John would be the first person to she would go to. My thing with that is that's a really good question. <laughs> um, I think personally, I've always viewed John as the the rock of the team and the solidity. I feel like they show it. It's kind of early days still for this to be happening, but later on down the line, I feel like. All the members of his team sort of think of him first and like the, oh, he'll fix it or oh, like, I feel like he's the safe place in quotations. I think we see that a lot in the shrine too, but I don't think he's well equipped to be that person <laughs> in terms of like emotional, like he's great if you need that guy to be like, yo, it's all good. We're cool. Like, let's not think about these things, like, bad things, things that are bothering us for a while, um, and not the sort of guy who would, like, talk about something that's bothering you head on. Does that make any sense? Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, no, I 100% agree, because I think, or how I kind of interpreted it was that, uh, Taylor kind of, like, still thought, like, the Wraith was around. I feel like that would make sense, or that's how I rationalized it, that she would go to John. She'd be like, hey, let me go to, like, the military official of, like, the base and, like, get him to help me out, you know? But I feel like if it was, like, more of, like, a, oh, I'm having a bad dream, I, yeah, I don't think she would go to John for that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like, honestly, I think she would go to, like, Elizabeth, like, you know, maybe, even, I mean, she, at this point, she hasn't met Kate, but if, you know, she had met Kate, I'm sure she would have gone to Kate. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just me being a Taylor and Rodney stan, but I like to think she'd go to Rodney, too, oh, before John, oh. genuinely. Maybe because um, she knows that he's still awake. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They can talk about their like trauma together. Uh, That's what I'm still like. But they can bond because they both go to therapy. Um, yeah. So that's how I kind of interpreted it. Because I did write. I wrote down that I, I love. I honestly love that Taylor went to John because again, like as like the military guy, I like that she was like, let me go alert this man. Let me go wake this man up. And I don't know. I think. You know, we kind of dragged them a little bit last episode because <laughs> they were just fighting. Um, <laughs> like, it was, like, a good fight, but they were, like, just beefing that entire episode. But I think and it, some of that kind of continues in into this episode. But and I think fundamentally, I love their bond without, like, the context of romance. Like, I think, I don't know, they can both be, like... I think Taylor wants to be that person for John kind of sometimes that he can kind of rely on more. But I think, you know, like I feel like they're both have very similar, like I'm the leader. I should be the only strong one. And so I don't know. I feel like they have a lot in common. So I love all we get from their bond and I just wish it wasn't played for romance. I love that. I actually love that. And it helps me 
not be so annoyed by that scene. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she definitely would have gone to, like, literally, I, even Ford. Like, literally everyone else on the base <laughs> except for John, if it was, like, like bad dreams. Like, she she go to Radic. <laughs> she go to Chuck. <laughs> okay. Like, <laughs> Chuck, my man! <laughs> yeah, and building on what you said, Sam, because it was about the Wraith, I feel like this episode kind of brings it up again to John trusts her sort of implicitly, whereas other military personnel and people on the base are sort of sus of her or were sus of her. And so I think maybe that left like a bad taste in her mouth. So yeah, she's going to go directly to the guy she knows is going to listen to her to report something like that. He didn't yeah. handle it the best way personally, um, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I was thinking about that. I was like, we're praising them him so much. And I was like, and then he went and did a stupid thing. So he did many a dumb thing this episode, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's not praise him too much. We'll get back to all that. <laughs> but I do love the shots of her room. I feel like her room has the most personality so far. Like the Athosian, I'm assuming like Athosian quilts and stuff. It's just pretty. The curtains. Yeah. She she really made herself a home there. And I, I really love, I feel like more, even more than the rest of the team. Maybe not John. Well, we don't see a lot of like quarters in this show. Do we ever? Do we ever see Rodney's quarters? Yep. Do we? In Dubai. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. His are his are as in him and John. I think. Okay. No. Let me take it back. I think Rodney is, is honestly like the least decorated, and then. I mean, we feel like we get a two-second clip of Ford, so I have no idea. But I also feel like he would not have anything up, really. But I feel like maybe, like, Ronan kind of tied with Rodney for least decorated place. I feel like Ronan just had, like, one painting, right? We see Ronan's room just, like, one giant war painting. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think he even could fit on his bed. His bed looks so tiny compared to him. It did! So, like, yeah! Oh, my god! Like, I'm sure he just, like... I don't I feel like he never went in there. I feel like he's the type of guy to just be like, I'm going to crash on this couch. Like, waking up in five hours when I have a meeting to brief or something. Um, and then I feel like he goes John, because obviously he got, like, his posters and stuff. But it's still very, like, standard. Ugly. And then, <laughs> um, and then it's Kayla. Yeah. yeah. Queen. Do we ever see Elizabeth's? Very we briefly. We do in... But I think it's when she's packing, so we don't really see a lot. Okay. No, I'm just saying, I feel like her and, like, rats, because I think her and Taylor would have, like, the prettiest rooms. Absolutely. I feel like her her room would be a bit like her um, office, oh. uh, with, like, um, statues and stuff they she collected. Oh. This is so random, but <laughs> I just... Okay, my my thought process was okay. Maybe she has paintings. Maybe paintings from Lorne or and or um Ronan. And then I thought about in the game when we have these huge paintings of Rodney. And what if somebody took one of those paintings back and maybe gave it to to her? I don't know. And she, <laughs> she's just, she's just, she's just, she's just, 
Oh, it's it's in someone's room. Someone has like this hugest painting portrait of Rodney in their room. It would be hilarious. <laughs> I am about to cry. That is beautiful. That is now canon. Thank you so much, Ash. I need it so badly in my life. And, like people just walk in. I literally see a giant poster of Rodney. <laughs> like. Zelenka uses it as like... a dartboard. <laughs> no, I was also gonna say too, I feel like people like like took that picture and they like copied it and like they made it into like a meme. They wrote words on it, you know, like and they just posted it all over Atlantis and Rodney's like, oh my god, he's like, John, help me take down this one. <laughs> and John's like, no, I made that one. That one's funny. <laughs> like <laughs> just some shit like that. It's the most used meme template on, on Atlantis. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, Atlantis Twitter is like, yeah, every other post is just them using that meme. <laughs> it's everyone's profile picture. <laughs> oh my god, maybe it's during Rodney's birthday month as a birthday thing that also, oh. like, as a way to like tease him but also say happy birthday. Like, oh. They get like his face, like the picture monogrammed on paper plates and on the cake. You know how you can get photos on cakes? <laughs> Throw up. I need this so badly. This is amazing. <laughs> Speaking of um, Elizabeth and Rodney, <laughs> again, we feel like we get some good crumbs this episode. Some great, like, I'll take anything at this point. <laughs> and so I love that little scene. There's some, oh, there's some really just great scenes in general. I really forgot how many, like, just little details are in this episode that just make it so good. But, like, that one scene um, where she walks in on uh, Rodney in his lab, and she just, like, takes over the computer. She's like, all right, I'm going to do ancient now. <laughs> and it's so cute. Oh, I love that one. It's, it shows, I love that they, um, used her capabilities a bit in this episode and she's so fascinated too right she goes in here and she's like she's not even listening to what Rodney is, is talking at that point she says oh yeah let me let me do this and she's ah, oh, she's so focused focused immediately and they're like oh I love that for her she gets something to do that's something else than paperwork and sending people out and worrying about them all the time <laughs> Watch out, yeah, Daniel Jackson. Elizabeth's <laughs> coming for your crown. Oh, I'm so happy that like they made like Elizabeth the person that can like read ancient, you know? Like I feel like it just adds, you know, especially because like her whole fascination with the ancients and stuff, it just adds such another like an extra layer that she understands their language. And she's probably, yeah, like right after asleep, how good is Daniel an ancient? Because I feel like Elizabeth could be tied with him for maybe like most knowledgeable about the ancient language. Especially because her time on Atlantis, like, I'm sure she probably, like, just leaps and bounds ahead of the man while he's, like, stuck dealing with the Ori. But, yeah, no, seriously, be, watch out, Daniel, because they're neck and neck for top ancient stan. She translated it so fast, too. Like, what, overnight? Right? And she the was the one who sleep. cracked the code, like, this episode, basically. Like, she, she was the reason they found out what all this stuff was about, like, the, the whole race research, like, everything. Is it in this episode where she also 
like she translates ancient but also wraith language mm -hmm. to both. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. good that that woman saw this language and she just goes, Yeah, no, I got this. <laughs> Uh, that's insane. I mean, the the linguistic mind behind that. It's, hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a f yeah. Jumping around um, back to the beginning, uh, just some highlighting the good Rodney and Elizabeth moments. There's that one um, where no, they're just basically like talking in front of everyone, um, and she has to be like Rodney. Like it's kind of like it's not like, just like getting him to like stay on topic with Zelenka. And Rodney just like jumps back in. He's like, "Oh right, okay, back on topic." And it's just so cute. Like I just love little moments where all she has to say is like, "We get back to focus" or something like that. And Rodney just was like, "Oh yeah," flips the brain back. Gonna tell you about this. Like it's just so cute. And like his respect for her is just unquestionable. Like I honestly think he has, you know, he respects her the most. Honestly, out of everyone in the team, I think maybe besides Kayla, I feel like they have the most respect for Elizabeth. Um, John, I love you. <laughs> he messing up sometimes. He's a little fuck up. He's a little... No, but, like, Rodney would never... When have we ever seen Rodney disobey Elizabeth? Like, yeah. the only time he did is when she was not there to say no with the nanites that he <laughs> oh. put into her. Oh. Yeah. He'll disobey John all day. No problem. <laughs> Literally. Was, but Elizabeth puts her foot down and he's like, all right, she said so. <laughs> Gotta listen over here. Like, what can I do? Like, my hands are tied. Like, actually, that reminds me of the scene later on in the episode between them where um, she's like working on the translation and him and John come in the room and she like holds up her finger to like be like, wait, wait, wait. And and Rodney gets upset because she, she gave him the finger. And I'm like, Rodney. That is something you would do to them. And I just thought it was so funny that they were, like, switching mannerisms. <laughs> so cute. I'm oh just God. screaming. Oh, my gosh. They are so cute. I think they're spending God. too much time together. <laughs> <sighs> I would love it if... Where's my body switch episode? <gasps> On Atlantis. Yes. <laughs> Elizabeth gets, or like maybe like it has to be like a secret for some reason, or they're like they're both like too embarrassed. They're like, no, we have to keep it a secret. So like Elizabeth has to like pretend to be Rodney in Rodney's body, and Rodney has to pretend to be Elizabeth. Oh, <laughs> some freaky Friday. That would be so bad. It would oh be gosh, horrible. But Rod yeah. Rodney as leader of Atlantis. Is <laughs> oh, shit. Like as soon as he's like. Once he, gets, once he gets over, like, the freakiness, he's like, okay. He's like, I'm going to do this, this. He's like, I'm changing this, this. And John's like, Elizabeth, are you okay? And Rodney, or Elizabeth in Rodney's body is like, yeah, Rodney, are you okay? You can't change this. And Rodney's like, no, I'm doing fine. Like, I just feel like I'm inspired. I took some of your advice, Rodney, and, like, I'm going to change uh, the entire base. <laughs> No, but he would do that. I was more like thinking that when people come to him to ask for something or just bring, and he would be so confused and so he like he would mess up so bad. And to that point where Elizabeth and Rodney's body would just stay at his side the whole po the whole time and just like saying, "So you're going to do this now, right?" And 
I think the best decision would be to do that. I just kind of tried to guide him through that, but oh, he would be so lost. Amazing. Amazing. 10 out of 10 out of 10. Because I can't stop picturing now, like, people just walking into his, like, Elizabeth's office and just being like, hey, I need help. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, get out. Yes. He's so used to just telling his scientists, like, get out. And they're like, Doc- Dr. Weir? Like, oh, uh, yeah, no, take a seat. <laughs> oh gosh! And he's like, "What do you need me for?" And they're like, "No, we need you to do this." And he's like, "Can I get some sleep?" Like he's like, "Oh my god, how does it live?" And she's so nice to all the scientists. She brings them like donuts or some shit like from the cafeteria, and they're like, oh. "He's been brainwashed." They're like, "Something's wrong." <laughs> All the scientists they, think Rodney's dying. They're like, <laughs> he's on his way out. There's no way he'd be this nice. They start like an investigation of what's happening and they try to listen to or sneak into like the infirmary database to, <laughs> to like get his the last checkup. <laughs> I feel oh, like man. it'd be so funny too if like the most random person figured it out. Like Ronan was the first one to figure it out. Yeah, Ronan for sure. Like he like I don't know. He's I feel like it'd be Rodney to give it up, or Elizabeth. Maybe it'd be funny for Elizabeth gave it up first. Like he just like walked in on like Rodney's room, or like Elizabeth's like I don't know. She's doing some like actually sleeping or like <laughs> painting, and he's like Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> some bullshit like that. I'm having so many thoughts. <laughs> Alternatively, what if Elizabeth and Taylor were in like a secret relationship? And so like oh, Rodney finds out because shit. he's in a and he's like, oh shit. Wait. Oh fuck. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's how he finds he out. Like, he was like, how's your day? How was your day, sweetheart? Or like something like that. Like trying to hold his hand and he's just like what? <laughs> He's more like. What? Elizabeth's like, oh shit! I didn't tell Rodney, and like runs to their room and like bangs on the door, like, Elizabeth, I need you right now. I need you. Oh, but that is amazing because Rodney is the worst at keeping secrets. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my. Okay. Sorry. One last thing to add on this little entire AU we created. Um, <laughs> I think it'd be so funny too if like John was like on the brink of finally confessing his feelings. Or something. <gasps> <laughs> oh no! And then like you get Elizabeth and Rodney's body trying to deal with that too. So they're both like, "You're dating." <laughs> they like meet up in the middle of like Atlantis. They're like, "Who are you dating?" It was like, it was a secret. Wait, it's mine's a secret. Okay, we're both going to keep it a secret. <laughs> I mean, anyways, <laughs> that was great. I love them. Elizabeth Rodney besties. Hell yes. Speaking of secrets, John is terrible at keeping them. He's so silly. How do we feel about that um, conversation in general and what John did? John... <laughs> What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> um, I think what we, he he meant well in what he did. He he was worried about some a member of his team, and he tried to fix it somehow. But 
by doing that, he just completely abused her trust in him. What he could have done is talk to her about that and that he thinks, hey, maybe she should talk to somebody. It's not him, <laughs> because he's not good with that stuff. <laughs> uh, and he's not a professional. But yeah, the way he did it, it's just not not, not good. Yeah, he's... He, you can really tell he not think this is a big deal. Like, he was like, I told Heimer, and she's like, what did you do that for? She's like fully snapping at him. He's like, girl, you just needed mental help. <laughs> and she's like, no, like, I came to you as a friend. And I think it's really interesting that, like, they can kind of have that divide, especially season one, you know, where, like, she came to him as a friend, and he did not, that just completely flew over his head. He was like, oh, she's telling me. And he's like, oh, okay, like, I'm just gonna go tell Heimer to get her, you know, to help her out. And it's like, no, John, you're missing the point. So I think it would have been really interesting to see more of that, like, how do they deal with that divide, you know? Like, do they have to say, like, hey, I'm coming to you as a friend? Or, like, hey, I'm coming to you as, like, the military, like, you know, like, I need your help with this. Or turn off your military brain for a second, I need John the friend. But... Yeah, no, he was he was in the wrong for that, and <laughs> Taylor didn't whip out her sticks and start beating <laughs> him with it. Oh, I love that you said that. Like you were like John the friend versus John, the military leader. Because oh, it's so true, and I feel like it's a it's a common thread in the show. I wish it was more of a thing, but yeah, I I think he was thinking with the wrong brain during their conversation. Like what he should have done. Like, you were saying Ash was been like, oh, like, you know, there's this lady on base. Her name is Kate. Like, she talks to people through this stuff. Like, maybe she can help you. I don't know. If you're willing to go, like, if it's your choice to go and talk to her if you want to. Like, this is the stuff that she does. Because I know, like, Taylor coming from Athos, like, I don't know if they have such things in her culture. Like, there's a cultural difference there, I understand. But instead, I feel like he was thinking with his military brain where, you know, he's a leader of the team and, like, one person is not sleeping so they're not functioning well, like, they're not physically on their game and, you know, they can't come on mission. So, like, let's go over their head and fix it instead of making it, putting it in her hands and giving her the autonomy to make that choice on her own. So, yeah, that sucked. Also, I don't think he realizes the position that she's in or that he's in where like he doesn't understand why people wouldn't trust Taylor and so he doesn't understand I feel like how she feels ostracized by the expedition how she feels like she's other um in quotation marks and so he, he doesn't understand how him divulging her like personal mental anguish to some random stranger would affect her I feel like because not everyone is him. Like, not everyone is going to treat her like... Because he, he says a line, like, she's like, I don't need your people to think I'm cra- I'm crazy. Like, they like they already are distrustful of me. And he's like, no one doesn't trust you and no one thinks you're crazy. But that's not necessarily true. Amazing. And I think you're 100% spot on. And I think it's not only, like, present in this, like, first, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. But even, like, in the entire episode, you know, like, kind of getting into some stuff that happens later, you know, Elizabeth is so worried about Taylor towards the end. 
you know, she's like putting her foot down. Like, you know, I'm hoping it doesn't cause her psychological damage. Like this is legit. Like, you know, and it's true. She has a right to be like, no, this is bad. We are literally, you know, traumatizing her, all this stuff. And John is just like, oh no, like she's strong. She's the strongest person I know. And it's like, okay, uh, okay. <laughs> There's so many th things wrong with that. Like, okay, yeah, she's strong, but like no, no human is that strong. Like we all have our breaking points, you know? And I, uh, Taylor, how did she not break in this one? You know, we can kind of delve into that, all that, you know. But, like, I... If anything should have been her breaking point in this show, it probably should have been this one. But, yeah, so I think it's a common theme throughout this episode where he's just very much in the military mind zone and not really thinking about... Which is kind of strange, to be honest. Because I feel like we categorize John as someone in later seasons who is so more John the friend. I think he himself get those, gets those lines blurred mm. way too often, especially, you know, starting when in season three with Tao of Rodney, you know, and then you get to Elizabeth and, you know, you could, and again, you get to him convincing a guy to kill himself instead of Rodney. Like, he gets those lines blurred all the fucking time. And so it's interesting to see him in season one where he still is very much has those two different brains and he can be like, oh, Taylor's fine. She's strong. Uh, I don't know if later seasons John would have been that nonchalant. Mm. Do you think that maybe that has to do with that he's not fully realized that he is their friend? Amazing point. Amazing point. And I definitely think that's true because I don't think he's realized yet how much, one, his team means to him, and two, how much Atlantis means to him yet. I feel like that doesn't hit him, honestly. It low-key, I feel like it could be epiphany. That's where his epiphany hit. Mm-hmm. Or honestly, maybe even earlier, maybe after in Intruder when he came back. Remember, there's a talk with him and Elizabeth on the ship. And he's like, yeah, I spent the whole entire time just dreaming about Atlantis or like wanting to be back on Atlantis. Like I didn't care about Earth. Yeah. But yeah, no. Amazing point. I didn't think about that. That's um, because we were talking about Elizabeth earlier a bit. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Um, no, what we touched on earlier, that um, how different she handled the whole situation with um, Taylor. Um, like, it, it was different. She, it was from a different perspective because she was the leader and it wasn't the whole trust thing wasn't a thing there. But it was more like from the get go, she was worried. She didn't, mm, she was worried what this could do to Taylor and she didn't want to push her too hard because I think. Elizabeth was much more aware of what this could do to her mind. And I mean, not fully. She noticed later how what she what she demanded from Taylor. Um, but from the beginning, she, she asked Taylor if she wanted to do that, if she wanted to try to connect to the Wraith. Um, she made clear that it could bring vital information, but she didn't order her or something. And... She didn't just go over her head, and yeah, I, I I really like seeing that. I agree, and then I I really liked the the contrast when they were in the infirmary. I can't remember which time it was. They had put Taylor under, and I think it was after she had felt the wraith feed, and then Elizabeth was like, "Stop! Like I can't let this continue." I feel like that was one of the 
only moments in the show, I feel like the whole thing, where she let her feelings about something come before, like, a command decision. In the siege we're gonna see later on, like, she, John is like, yeah, I have to kill myself with this bomb, and she doesn't like the, that he has to do that, but she says go ahead. Whereas in this case, like, she takes a choice away from everybody, and she's like, no, like, stop. And she doesn't want to allow them to continue to do that to Taylor because she sees that it's hurting her, and she doesn't like it. And I thought that was really compelling, and I feel like it says a lot about their relationship, how much Elizabeth cares, and also just how she's human, you know? Like, she has to make really hard choices. It's not easy. Her job is definitely not a simple one. I love what you just said, Tor, about <clears throat> Taylor feeding and um, that being a point where Elizabeth wanted them to, to stop this. Um, and it made me realize that um, Elizabeth was a, bit, a tiny bit patronizing in this episode as well. Like, after that scene, she um, didn't want to continue that, uh, or she didn't want Taylor to continue that because she felt like it was hurting her. But by that, making that decision, she, again, she took the choice, which was, in the end, was Taylor's. She took it away from her again. Yeah, because she was worried about her. But she, she did let her go back in, so, yeah. Yeah, and I think Ford was the one. Ford, bless Ford, in this episode who was really, yeah. who handled it the best. And when they had that meeting, he was like, you know what? She's her own person. It's her choice. She's going to do what she wants to do, whatever we say. So let's just be there for her. Be in the room. Be there to support her. Be there to help her Like if something happens. That's all we can do. And I thought, wow. I just loved Ford and Tail this episode completely. Like, even when he went to visit her after like one of her episodes, like, oh, so cute. Telling her she doesn't have to prove herself, that everybody trusts her. She doesn't have to do it. She doesn't want to. She shouldn't feel compelled. It was great. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy you brought that up. Yeah. I, uh, you know, we definitely, I feel like we did get a little, we got a few scenes between Ford and Taylor early in this season. And then it just kind of fizzled out in the middle. And then I feel like we're going to get a lot now that we're towards the end. But I love that scene. And I think it really like kind of like reinforces their dynamic, which I kind of, to put in simpler terms, is just like big sister, little brother <laughs> kind of vibes. And <laughs> oh, it makes me so happy and sad. But those a lot of like so many good points being made. I was like, girl, I'm trying to keep track in my head. Like, okay, this this is I want to say this. This is another one I want to say. Um, so first, I just want to talk go all the way back. So I think Ash's first point. Um, you were talking about um, like you know how hard it was for Elizabeth, you know, and um, how she did kind of take away that choice for a little, and then she kind of gave it up eventually. Um, and how you know in contrast to john who's just like oh yeah she's strong it's fine you know and how human she was in that moment as well and i think it just goes to show again uh why we love atlantis so much here is that i just love having a civilian as the leader because i shudder to think what would have happened if it was a military person in charge especially in this episode you know i feel like it would have gone into some real shady territory i like, I think they would have just, like, what was happening in that room when they were deciding without Taylor and Ford had to come in and step up. I think that would have happened the exact same way. However, it would have been so much worse if it wasn't Elizabeth because it would have been someone who just 
didn't stop seeing Taylor as a person and started seeing her as a weapon to be used and would have done it without her consent and would have pushed her harder. And I don't know if anyone would have stopped it, maybe, except for maybe Rodney or Carson. But Rodney wasn't even, at, like, there around when this experiments were going on. Like, he just kind of fucked off. So I'm not sure <laughs> if anyone besides, like, maybe Kate, Kate, Carson, and maybe eventually Ford, if, if Ford and John, if it got really bad. It just makes me really grateful that it was Elizabeth, because I shudder to think... I feel like they could have lost Taylor if it was anyone else in charge. Damn, now I'm I'm wondering what Rodney would have done if he was there or said. It really hurt when he wasn't there because I think I don't know, I feel like he would have he would have been on like Elizabeth's side a little bit more rather than John's on this. Because I think especially I feel like he would not have been down. Oh my god, there's so much to talk about with this episode. Um, but with that scene where Taylor's like, I'm feeding, I think both red alerts would have gone off in Rodney's head with Elizabeth because especially because we have that scene, which I little mini tangent fucking love this scene with all of my heart, is when Taylor bumps into Rodney coming out of therapy. And Rodney tries to like be like, oh, uh, yeah, I was just, uh, I'm sleeping with Kate. And <laughs> Taylor's like, uh-huh, yeah. And he's like, keep it a little secret. And they're like, okay, so I feel like they're secret buddies. But anyways, I feel like especially after that little scene of him seeing Taylor reaching out for help with Kate, I don't think he would have, he would have been on Team Elizabeth. He would have immediately said, like, stop it, get her out of it as soon as she said, I'm feeding. And you bring I, up an interesting oh. point about... Rodney, I like that. I think I've said it before on a prior episode, but I love how he's voluntarily like going to see Heitmeyer. Like, even though he's a little bit embarrassed about it, a little bit, <laughs> I love that because they're going through like some serious shit. And so, yeah, like, why wouldn't you? And then even him, like, just having that confidence and knowing that Taylor was also seeing her. Yeah, you're so right. I think it would affect him seeing her go through that they mean so much to me as a duo hell yeah i feel like if rodney had been there while um taylor was being hypnotized he would or at first or maybe before that he would try he would he would want taylor to do it just um so they could get as much information about the rave as possible but i agree with what you two said um that as soon as he sees uh what toll it's taking on taylor he would he would try to make them stop because also he's seen the wraith feed and he has seen what it does to the people and yeah i think maybe it would be a bit um just his his not just his uh his worry for for taylor's well-being but like the other person like he see he he knows what it um like to see someone die like that, um, that it would just creep him out, creep him out so much that he would want it to stop as well. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're just we're just on the topic of Rodney Taylor, I'm going feral uh, with ideas. But I don't know. I feel like they would just be like, I feel like they would like always run into each other like after their therapy sessions, and they'd be like, just kind of like silently being like, like Taylor put a hand on his shoulder, or he would try to like. I don't do something back to her where they're like crossing paths, you know, in and out. And I feel like when things would get like really tough, like after like a really serious mission, maybe Taylor would be like, 
leading Rodney to like the cafeteria and they'd go like get a little drink together, just sit in silence, just, just hang out. Aww. I'm in pain. I'm also in pain. <laughs> I feel it in my heart. I, <laughs> I, I love that idea from the of the little nonverbal communication between them when they're going to therapy. Because I know it's the two thousands, but I don't think they handled um mental illness. Uh, and the stigma around it very well in this episode. <laughs> like as can be seen with Rodney being super embarrassed when when Taylor sees him coming from from Heidmeier's uh, office, but also later um, in that scene where Taylor yells at at John <laughs> for for um, telling Heidmeier about um, her dreams, she immediately goes to the conclusion that um, getting therapy. Therapy equals being crazy and being, yeah, being just like like this huge stigma around around um, mental illness that is still out there. I think, um, and even even stronger twenty years ago, and it <clears throat> it made me think a bit because Heidmeier tells Taylor. <laughs> first of all, I loved how Taylor just sits down and says like. I don't really know how how this works, and I was like, "This must be in my first therapy session." Um, yeah, and then she, she they get into it, and Kate tells her that she she assumes that Taylor does similar for her people, just by listening to them, listening about their worries and 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 everything, and kind of being like a counselor, and then in return it. It confused me a bit that Taylor was so worried about being seen as quote unquote crazy um by by the people because how how would you know that going through therapy or talking to a psychologist would would bring that stigma because it yeah and I, it was it felt a bit weird to me that she would react that way because obviously she was angry because John uh, abused her trust, but also I don't know I think for me like. Yeah, I think how I try to rationalize it instead of, like, you know, because, I mean, we all know the reason why she did was because, you know, early 2000s and stuff. But I feel like for how I just try to rationalize it in my little brain is that, like, it's more about, like, the trust thing, I think, is how I try to write it off. Because, yeah, I think it's about the fact that John went behind her back to do that. Although it could very well, like, I mean, you know, we always talk about how like, all of Atlantis needs therapy. <laughs> all of Atlantis needs a lot of therapy. <laughs> and this is our first time seeing Kate. Uh, yes. So I feel like this must have been a big deal back in the day where people were like, well, there's an actual therapist on the base? Like, oh my gosh, like, good for them. They need it. And I think, you know, we always talk about how much of a wasted character she is, you know, um, especially on a show like this where uh, you can do so much with her and so much... Um, but the characters, like, you know, confronting some of the things they face. I mean, you know, we talked about this before. I'm not sure on the pod or off the pod. But, yes, therapy should even use more in Atlantis. And Kay is a character. And so I think what sucks is that, you know, from, again, just making leaps and bounds and guesses. Uh, but maybe Dela, you know, because she doesn't even know who Kate is. Like, maybe she really has no idea like she's like well why aren't you going to therapy then john like maybe she just automatically leapt to that conclusion because she's like 
no one else I've seen no one else is in therapy and she's like if it's like a so if it's like this mental like thing that everyone needs why why is it everyone in there like why isn't everyone like making appointments so that's kind of a way to rationalize that instead of making it like the early 2000s way yeah and I and I like that too because I feel like John is very much uh do as I say not as I do sort of leader and so like the one thing he said right in that conversation was like, nobody's saying you're crazy. Nothing, it doesn't mean anything's wrong with you if you go to see her. But on the flip side, I feel like he has his own issues and maybe prejudices, I don't know. And I don't think he would take too kindly to being referred to a therapist himself um, for various reasons. <laughs> so... <laughs> if anyone but Elizabeth, like, told him, you need to go to therapy, I think he would oh my gosh he would have actually yeah he would have been really pissed i think the only reason why elizabeth has that power over him is because like he respects her to some degree i mean obviously he respects her more as the show goes on but at least in the beginning you know he's like okay this is commander like even if he like can if he even if he tries to like step his little toe out of line and be like you um occasionally like he's still like no she's in the charge so i feel like if anyone else especially season one john if anyone else was like hey you should go to therapy oh, oh that man if you if you were in the military rip if like you if you were like a scientist or civilian you'd probably be alive so i'd be grateful for that <laughs> yeah. military you'd be running laps for days around atlantis You'd be doing all his paperwork. <laughs> He's like, well, you said you wanted me to go to therapy. I don't have time to do all this paperwork if I'm going to therapy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Touche. <sighs> Bring out his inner petty. Inner petty. <laughs> inner petty bitch. No, Sam, I'm just... To go back what you said, how you rationalized that scene. Thank you. That makes it so much better. I... I the way you analyze this episode, it's just very, very good. Connecting the dots that should not have been connected, but we're connecting them. Um, <laughs> and adding no, new... I feel like we're all... Yeah, adding yeah. new dots. We're adding... No, we're adding new, like, graphs. Like, this is like... A, like <gasps> ours is like a tree. Like, we're... Our tree's ginormous. Speaking about Kate, what do you think of her character introduction? Because I feel like it's not the best. I love her. Uh, <laughs> just wanted to mention that. And um, also this episode is probably the beginning of my OT3 Taylor Kate Elizabeth. Side note. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like the first time we meet Kate is her not very subtle talking to Taylor Beth about her deepest fears, basically. I think it gets better towards um, like through the episode. It kind of comes around, but I feel like just the beginning is kind of. <laughs> that was it's so cute. Taylor kind of storms off, but then she stops and and still excuses herself or something. She's too polite to just storm off. I love her. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough to get a read on her this episode because at first she's like introduced as the antagonist ish or like in an antagonistic way and then she seems really cool 
I feel like, you know, you mentioned it before, Ash, in her first session with Taylor, she tries to connect with her on a human level, you know, and tells them, like, you know, we're sort of similar the way she's a counselor for people on the Atlantis expedition and Taylor's counselor for her people. Um, and they both feel like they have to be strong and, like, put up fronts um, or else, like, people will falter, etc. Like, that was nice. It was nice to hear a little bit of her own personal life come through in the session. But then she's also, like, in the nightmare again as, like, an antagonistic figure. So I couldn't really get a, a good read on her, but that's just me personally. Yeah, um, okay. Hmm. Like, okay, so I feel like in theory, I really like Kate. In theory. And I really like, like, you know, Kate, Taylor Beth. Like, in theory, I love them, you know? But I just feel like within the canon of the show, I'm not sure if I like Kate as a character, if that makes sense. Because it's not like... It's not even. I just feel like they—they're just so lazy with her characterization. Is my thing. That's my whole thing. Is I feel like sometimes, like, I honestly feel like I need to. I know there's like what there's like, how many fix over there of them? Like two or like, like six. I think like so. There's very little like um, characterization out there that I can kind of like rationalize it. But I would like to kind of like read how other people kind of characterize her. You know, because yeah, I don't know. Like, I just think they don't ever give her like time to shine outside of being a therapist you know and so I don't know I don't know who she is ever like she's nice and she's really sweet and she is a great therapist you know but like who who is she uh who is she like does she you know what's her, what's her family situation like what are her hobbies I feel like you know maybe she could be like oops drop my pencil but maybe she could be like a like I feel like she'd be like a knitting kind of gal like crocheting kind of gal you know but I don't know like again so there's just so much that I think and again it just goes back to her just kind of being used as just a therapist she's only propped out whenever it's like a oh we need a therapist oh yeah Kate um and I wish she was more like again well we always talk about this that I wish that they had kind of really uh just stuck to the idea of it being an ensemble show because it really isn't um (laughs) Uh, but I think it would have been really cool to see her just as a regular character and kind of seeing her like deal with the day-to-day as well, you know, like a Zelenka almost, but maybe a little less if they didn't want to make her too present, but like, uh, you know, like maybe, maybe show her reaction to the Wraith coming <laughs> or like the Wraith, you know, in Atlantis, <laughs> you know, or maybe she goes out one time with the team on a mission. Mm-hmm. Really interesting, like... You know, they got to send her to the kid planet. Like, all those kids need therapy for ritual, you know, sacrificing, <laughs> you know, each other. So, yeah, I I like Kate. I think she's nice. I think she's sweet. I just, I, I maybe, maybe through this podcast, we can create a better character for her. Because <laughs> I want to know what she's like. Is she, like, I don't, is she, like, snarky? What is her sense of humor like? <laughs> How does she like? I need to know how she mixes in with the Taylor Beth dynamics. I think we've figured out Taylor Beth so well, and I want to add her in there because I think it's so fun. And I think, I think her and Elizabeth and Taylor would get along really well. But I want to know more about her besides just her being a therapist. I kind of wish that they had included her in the last episode now, just in like a little clip, like one of the clips or one of the 
background or B team characters just doing a video and if they brought her back for this episode because you're so right they only ever bring her up when there's some psychological problem in quotation marks and it's so sad because i feel like yeah you're so right they, they didn't really flesh out her character give her something distinct like any distinct characteristic i think i mean she she's definitely she's extremely patient and i think she meditates this is maybe weird, and uh, <laughs> but maybe she picks up meditating with Taylor because yes. Yes. Elizabeth doesn't med- meditate. It doesn't work for her. She she tries it and it doesn't work for her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think she would. She like she's she's she to me she already appears so centered and um and calm. I don't know. I feel like just it would it would fit her kind of. Yeah, it would be it would be interesting to see her in a non-professional uh, setting. I always love that. I always love scenes or episodes where we see to the private lives of characters. So, ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> I know. Well, now I feel like I don't know why. It just it just came to me. I feel like she would be like a vegan. <laughs> yeah, she's she would be, <laughs> or at least vegetarian. Yeah. Do we see what she has on her tray? Because she she comes to lunch. Oh yeah. <laughs> Damn, I don't remember now. I know there was green on there. There was definitely a salad. <laughs> For sure. I feel like she would also be so interested in meeting the Orthosians and just getting to know them. And maybe they would think she's weird <laughs> because they don't. I just I have this this idea that Taylor is kind of like the council. Maybe they more. And well, like, they don't have that much of a hierarchy, but, like, there are a few people that you can just go to and ask for advice or if you have problems, and Taylor is definitely one of those. So they maybe would be think that Kate is a bit weird because that's, like, her whole job. And I don't feel like the Athosians would be a, a group of people who, who that would be enough, if that sounds... <laughs> uh, that sounds weird, but... Um... Yeah, but it would also be interesting if they started to, like, trust her and um, she visits them more often and is one of those who who goes to the mainland a lot. It would just be so fun to, like, yeah, like, add these little character bits to her, you know, and make her, like, feel like a real person. And I think that stuff with the Ethosians is so cute. It's such a good idea, too, because I think, again, it would have been, you know, we talk about it all the time, it would have been so nice to see them kind of more incorporated into the show and not even just that but like us learning about the Athosian culture and you know maybe even seeing like in the beginning they had this like you know huge divide with the they literally got kicked out of Atlantis like <laughs> I'm sure it was kind of a mess in the beginning so it would have been nice to see more of a slow burn toward a thing where they're okay eventually you know some people do actually just go off and hang out with them for you know it's like their vacation they just going out to the Athosians for like a week or something <laughs> Um, yeah, and then, I don't know, I kind of want to add, like, I need to add something fun, I think, to Kate, because so far, like, we've said, like, some really, really nice and sweet things, but I don't know, we just need to add something funny, so I don't know. What do you guys think of us just saying maybe she's, like, really clumsy secretly? (laughs) Or, like, or, like, she's shit at direction, like, whenever they go out, like, on the jumper, Taylor has to, like, lead her 
to this ocean camp. And, like, one time Taylor's like, oh, you already know where it is. And, like, they're, like, they lose Kate for an hour. Like, <laughs> Kate went the wrong direction. No, that would be so cute. Something endearing like that. Like, I just need her to be a little, like, sometimes she's not just this, like, she's not always in control. She's not always, like, the the perfect therapist. Like, she's, maybe she likes action movies. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, but, oh, my God. Atlantis is huge. She would definitely got let. I mean, if if we say that she's bad in directions, she would get so lost in Atlantis. And there's like no, she wait. would like she would like call Elizabeth and be like, Doctor Weir, I'm lost. And Elizabeth is just like again, <laughs> and she's like in at the other end of the city. No idea how she got there, but for some reason, and she doesn't find her way back. So. <laughs> Yes, and that could explain why she was gone for the whole first season, basically. <laughs> she just showed up now. She's just been getting lost. That's perfect. Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. And then, like, she, after, like, the first, like, three four times, like, she was like, this is so embarrassing. Like, I'm the therapist. I have to, like, be, like, professional. So, like, that's why she always sticks to, like, that's why you never see her. She always sticks to, like, her wing. Like, Ooh. they put her room right next to her, like, <laughs> workstation, so she doesn't have to. And she, like, go, she, she'll, like, go for food sometimes, but she also, like, makes food sometimes, like, in her room. And she just sticks to her little area. The view from her office is amazing. I don't think we see that view a lot, but it's so beautiful. It's kind of low, and it, it's just, it goes out to, like, one of the... Wings, I don't know what you call it, of Atlantis, um, like yeah. one of the snowflake thingies. <laughs> it's it's so beautiful. Ugh, I want an office like that. <laughs> I like that we saw like the day and night cycle, like in her office. That like, we got to see it in the morning. We got to see that yeah. night. That was cool. But speaking of making her more interesting, I think she had an easy client. In Taylor, I know she was apprehensive at first, but like she was very like forthcoming and a part of the conversation in their sessions. I feel like it would have been interesting if we could have seen Heitmeyer up against like a Ronan um, or a John type and then see how her style of therapy would change based on like these more defensive personalities. <laughs> It would be yeah. super interesting. Like, we get to see a little bit with Rodney, but I don't remember it being, like, super. But I would definitely, definitely love to have seen that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Her and Ronan. Woo! <laughs> 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 Especially when Ronan first, get, first gets there, he, like, barely, like, you barely even talk to Elizabeth. Yeah. Like, imagine them being like, you have to go to therapy, talk about your feelings. Uh, he would just sit there. And, well, like, I think, honestly... <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. And she she tried, and she would just stare at her, I think. And then I think eventually, I don't know, I think she would kind of, like, appeal. Because he is really young. Okay, sorry. This is, we need to get back on track. We're going to get back on track after this, okay? Because <laughs> Lord Almighty, we spent, like, 30 minutes talking about a character, <laughs> a side character. But to do this tangent, I feel like we, like, I mean, I all the time forget how young Ronan was, like, when he started being a runner, right? We don't know exactly how old he was, but we do know he's still pretty young when Atlantis kind of, you know, breaks the tracker. So I feel like she might try something more toward, like targeted towards like teenage or young adult kind of therapy styles. Like I could see her trying to be like 
oh, you like to paint? Like, <laughs> like, tell me about that. Or like something like trying to like appeal to like his hobbies and trying to get to know him first and trying to establish a trust, you know? And then maybe like she gives him homework like that. Like, oh, go paint outside today. Aww. Or, you know, like go do this and then like... <laughs> Go make go say hi to someone new, or like just little things like that to try to get him out of his shell, and then eventually, when there's that trust, they can start talking. That is so cute. Okay, let's just dive off the deep end, and let's just go straight into the heart of this episode. Taylor, um, <laughs> I just want to talk really quick. I mean, there's so much to talk about with Taylor and her entire arc, characterization, everything in this episode. One of the things I love is, oh, it's just so, it's it's sad. It's, it hurts your heart a little bit to watch Taylor feel like she has to prove herself to everyone, not only on the base, but, like, even the Athosians as well. And it's sad because, again, like, going back to John, John's like, oh, no one thinks you're crazy. And it's like, okay, you don't think that, but you don't know how other people are thinking. And he just is so, it goes over his head completely. Because he hasn't had to experience that, you know. And again, you couldn't, honestly, you could, there's a good metaphor somewhere around here. It can be for a number of things, you know. And so I like that bit of characterization that we get from her. However, I am kind of sad that I don't know if it's ever addressed as much it is as it is in this episode. Like her, like, need to be like, I'm, I have to be strong for the base and for my people I love that. And I'm sad that we didn't get to sort of... I'm sad she was kind of like telling that or like showing that to John because that's not... John's not going to... Over his head, bitch. Okay. Like I, I kind of wanted her to show that more to like Kate or Elizabeth, you know? And I think it would have been really cool to see maybe as the show goes on, kind of her learning that she doesn't have to be that strong person you know, same as Elizabeth. We talked about this before. Elizabeth has that same mentality where it's like, I can't cry unless no one sees me. <laughs> they all have that mentality. Um, and so, yeah, I just wish, uh, it makes me so sad for the missed opportunity that was Taylor because I think it would have been really cool, you know, to see her try, like, you know, struggle with being a leader on Athos and leaving her people for the base. But then, you know, being strong and having to, maintain that pretense and then maybe eventually you know over time she's like okay I don't have to prove myself anymore you know I can take a step back I'm good enough you know I feel like oh man this, oh, this just goes back to also like I don't know I feel like maybe being a woman too we, we don't know much about the Athosian culture you know but maybe she feels like she has to be that super strong leader you know because of other prejudices or maybe just on the base too you know we we see that when Sumner first sees her he's like you're the leader like fully looks past her you know I don't know maybe she just has to it's not only just about proving herself as a capable leader but proving herself as a capable capable leader without like the burden of gender yeah oh yeah you bring up excellent excellent points and like you said, this episode is kind of the perfect introduction or like climax for this sort of arc for her because I feel like there was one conversation that she had with Charin 
on the mainland where Charin was like, oh, I remember when you were a little girl and you would read and like paint pictures. And she was like, you know, I haven't been that girl in a long time. Like the, the feeling of having to cast off certain things that are either too girlish in quotations or um, too childish because she had to take on this burden of responsibility or be, because she wanted to portray a stronger friend to people. She didn't want anybody to see cracks in her armor, so to speak. Yeah, it just, I, that hit me and it, it made me really sad to hear that. Because who knows, like, maybe she had, like, secret passion, like, she was into painting too, or we know she can sing, right? Stuff like that is just sad to see, like, her suppress. They have an art club on, on Atlantis. <laughs> Lauren is there. Lauren, Taylor, Ronan, I don't know, some other people, but these for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Both of you bring up so great points. Oh my gosh. And I, I, I love how this episode goes into Taylor's character and also making her fears. Like we start with an with a nightmare of hers, but we really will go into her deepest fear in this episode, that she's part wraith. I think that um, she has to struggle with so much. I don't... Th that might be just me kind of headcanning that the Athosians are a matriarchy, but I don't think she had to prove herself as a woman that much with her people. But she probably has to in Atlantis. I mean, we see Bates. First Sumner and then Bates. Yeah. So I think that's kind of, maybe kind of new. But yeah, she has to deal with that. And on top of that, she finds out one of the most horrifying things that she's, that she has raised DNA in, yeah, and that that's the reason for her, her gift or her superpowers, as, as Carson calls them. And... In the beginning, she's no. After she after she goes to talk to Charin about about this, and she she then tell continues to tell Elizabeth and John about this. That some people believed it was a gift from from the ancestors, um, that they could they could feel. That some people could feel the wraith, um, and then they found out that that's not the reason. And the way she she bears herself through this, the way she manages to accept this on some level is insane at first <laughs> like she she has she's literal dna of her worst enemy um and she's part she's kind of part of them and then she she i think i don't know if she continues to see it as a gift but she sees it um now as a possibility for to achieve more and the fact that she sees that and uses it and wants to use it is is just mind-blowing to me uh, yeah yeah i know it's so hard to watch this episode and to hear her and other people call it a superpower and a gift so many times when you know what's coming and you're just like <laughs> and uh it makes me so sad like i get like kind of in the moment maybe she i feel like she's the type of person who wouldn't react to like it's kind of like world dropping news in the moment but it makes me so sad that i think that we never got to see like her full you know 
mental breakdown over this because like I don't care how strong you are there is no way she'd be able to deal with this as well as she handled it in the show because I and I think it, it's, it's heartbreaking because I think season two that should have been her entire arc for the season her coming to terms with what she is what happened to her ancestors you know how her people have seen it as a gift whether or not she should tell them you know does she struggle with telling them that it's not a gift but like you know something that the wraith gave her does she even tell them that she is like right that she has wraith dna you know and it would have been really cool to see her use the power throughout season two and to really struggle like maybe john asked her to do it and the first few times she does it and then she starts getting more and more angry and uncomfortable and sort of like you know realizing that this isn't something she wants to do anymore <laughs> Forever. Or maybe she doesn't even want to use it anymore. Maybe she just completely gives up on the power and kind of grows more resentful of it. Ah, oh, the what ifs that drive me crazy. Uh, I just, uh, I feel like there's so much that could have been done there. And it, again, makes me so pissed that they give her this and they give her this crazy, honestly, really cool and really heartbreaking arc. And the only fucking time they bring out Taylor's powers are when the plot needs it to. There is no, like, deeper... I don't... I mean, maybe I'm just, like, misremembering things because I don't remember season two very well. I watched it over a year ago. But from what I remember, I don't remember her repeatedly worrying about this. <laughs> uh, I just know... I remember... Especially they bring her back for Submersion. That's in season three. And she's just very, like, I'll do it. <laughs> Let me do it. And everyone's like, no. And once again, Elizabeth is like, no. And she's like, Let me do it. So yeah, I don't know. I just wish it was better developed because the seeds are right there. They planted such amazing seeds. Water your plants. Yeah, she also uses it to, like she learns at some point she's able to steer a wraith ship, which is insane. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it would be, I don't remember her ever uh, worrying about this ever again, or just as seeing it as something bad. She just, she learns about it and then it's bad for this episode, but then she just accepts it. And yeah, you're so right. right. Would she Does she tell her people that she's part Wraith? And that all the other people, all the other Athosians who can feel the Wraith, that they are part Wraith too? The fact that Taylor sort of puts aside all her personal feelings about this ability that she has and like wants to use it for the good of her people, for the good of the expedition, like it's really... I don't know if it's selfless or she's doing it because she needs to prove herself. But regardless, yeah, I just wish they went back to it in season two. Like, I get the siege happening and, like, you, you can't, like, let those things affect you in the moment because, like, you're literally going to die tomorrow, basically. But, like, once that had passed, I would have liked definitely a return to that. And... You guys are mentioning um, Carson referring to her ability as a superpower. I thought it was super cute when he said it wasn't her only superpower. So, like, the idea that, you know, her strength and, like, her combat ability, like, stuff that she trained her whole life to do, like, makes her a superwoman to him. And I, I, like, I like the idea of Carson looking up to her and, like, finding her, like, inspiring or, like, heroic 
in my mind, I like to think like Rodney sees her that way too. <laughs> but yeah, it was just a sweet line. You get points for that one, Carson. <laughs> and also, you were mentioning like, would she tell her people or not? It was interesting that Charin said that no other living Athosian knows the story about like the people returning from the wraith except her uh, Taylor's father who had passed. So it'd be interesting to see like what she would do. I feel like the bigger part of me is saying that honesty would win out to her and she would want to say the truth and the history and what happened to them. But another part of me is like it doesn't just affect her and how her people are going to see her. It will also affect the other Athosians who also have that ability. And so I don't know if she'd want to put them in that position by revealing the truth. Okay, but you know how interesting it would have been? They had like an entire season of her trying to struggle with should she tell them or should she not? And maybe she does tell them and maybe it goes fucking horrible. Maybe they're all like, you know, trying to decide if she should stay as the leader of the Athosians. That would be insane. Because then we get like them bringing up the point, well, she's gone all the time. And we even trust her. Now she's part Wraith. Oh, oh, that would have been heartbreaking. And it would have destroyed Taylor. And I would like to see it. Um, but. <laughs> oh, man. Ouch. Yeah. What are you doing to my girl? <laughs> Don't put her through that. I can see the point that they would um, say, yeah, she's not here all the time anyways. But I think before that would happen, she would kind of step down. Mm. Um, like herself. And what if she, like, she's probably constantly aware, or she still has the Athosian mindset that she could die any day, that the Wraith could come any day and she'll be dead. And now that she, uh, Charin and her are the only two people knowing the story, I feel like she would want to preserve it somehow. And maybe she wouldn't tell her people right away because she of all the struggle we just, uh, you just uh, described. Uh, but maybe she would write it down some like she it would be cute if she like learned to to, to, to keep a log on Atlantis <laughs> and um she just she has it in like a folder encrypted seven times or something so no but it's there in case she doesn't make it so somebody um can that 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 story doesn't go uh, away in case she dies and or maybe maybe she just uh, tells um, Howling because I feel like he's kind of second in command and that he's kind of leading them while she's away. So yeah, those are my my two ideas. <laughs> I need to jump in because I feel like when you were talking about like the keeping a log and like how it's encrypted, Rodney would make that for her. Oh. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> no, but she would go up to him and be like. I need you to make me something. Like, I need something where no one can get into it. Like, just in case of death or something. Just in case. And he's like, oh, he would be like, oh, man. I think he'd be a little touched that she asked, uh, that she asked him. And then he would make it for her. I got and you, girl. Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, this has been so good. I think I just forgot, like, how good this episode was. This is easily top five of the season for me. And I think all of our what ifs, like regardless, are like so fun and so interesting. 
And it like physically pains me that I honestly think, you know, biases aside, like I, you know, I love Vala. I love her so much. She's my, my main girly, but I truly think like even just like this episode alone, I think makes Taylor the most effort the uh, surrogate writers put into a female character. Like with the backstory and like the reality of her having to face that like this something that she thought was a gift is actually has like a horrifying background, you know, a horrifying background to it. I think it makes me so mad because this is so good. Like this is amazing stuff. Look, I'm praising the writers. It's wow, rare. But like this is amazing. This is beautiful. This is such a good arc for her. Who's some as someone who is only who tries so hard to be seen as strong. And like Tor said earlier, like she had to she probably had to let go of like some of her like hobbies growing up and, you know, try to be more leader like, you know? And it hurts me deep inside that they made this episode and did nothing else with Taylor. They said, This is enough. And honestly, like even like, you know, like, when I first watched it, like, I remember tweeting, like, a few times, like, oh, yeah, like, I like Atlantis, like, here's my thoughts on this. And I was always saying, oh, but, like, I want Taylor to have more. Or, like, oh, Taylor's so underdeveloped here. Every season, I was like, oh, is this the season they develop her? Nope. <laughs> you know, and it's so sad, because they laid an excellent foundation here. They laid the most beautiful foundation I've ever seen. This is the most, not even, honestly, this is probably some of the most effort they've put into any, like, character in Stargate not even just female or male like who the hell has this interesting of a backstory this interesting of a moral and like just psychological dilemma like no one and what did they do with it <laughs> nothing I'm gonna scream I'm in shock they made this episode and then gave up I think or just forgot collective memory like they got renewed for another season and they're like oh shit we have to go somewhere with this after or we could just not. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Our villain origin story, truly. But anyways, um, going into the... Going off what you said, I actually wrote down, I was like, when the Wraith takes over Taylor for that brief moment, and she's like, literally kicking everyone's ass. I was mm. like, dude. I was like, Taylor's so scary. I was like, she's a short terror. She is 5'4", and she will kill you. It just... She beat Carson and Ford up like no one else. <laughs> If it wasn't and for John Bates, too, people, right? Yeah. Fucking Bates. I hate that Bates. I I I hate him. I hate him so much. And this episode doesn't make it better, especially because after he shoots her, he has like this little smug smile on his face, and it made me so angry. Because yes, you m might have been right that she did this. That this can be. Um, dangerous and yes maybe you save them in that situation but don't smile about it yeah don't be happy that's, about it no that's like <clears throat> i don't know if he was smiling because he was right or because he got to shoot taylor both is horrible and yeah i i, I really and she didn't beat up taylor uh, uh, elizabeth mm -hmm. she didn't <laughs> she didn't get to her <laughs> i thought Oh, I was laughing so hard when Carson got, like, just clear across the room. 
She like backhanded him and he went flying. It was so funny. And then she literally picked up the IV pole and like smashed Shepard in the ass with it. It was so funny. I was dying. Like, go off. It was so great. Yeah. Whoever choreographed that scene, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, I mean it. Yeah, but the that wraith taking over her body was was just terrifying. I love the wraith also, voice. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. The voice and how just how her expression completely changed. It's just acting. Wow, great, good job, <laughs> Rachel. Good job. And I was um, gonna say, give a hand for Rachel. Rachel did everything this episode. Like she gave us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> amazing amazing yeah i was gonna mention i love how underrated uh hill sass is i feel like her sass is so underrated i feel like she has such a dry humor she's very sarcastic um and i love that scene where she meets a guitar and, and she's like you've changed taylor and taylor's like my hair is shorter i was cracking up i was like oh my gosh she's so funny she is so unserious she is like you're funny, bestie. You're so funny. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of the, you know, I feel like we've kind of talked a lot about, you know, everything about Taylor. Um, I'm not really sure what else is there to say. I mean, the I'm feeding scene is so sad. <laughs> we already talked about this, but I think it sucks to know, to be on the other side for her. So many people she knows, her dad literally died because you know they were fed on and she i think that was rightfully so elizabeth's breaking point in telling her no you're not going back i i think even earlier when she i think it's it's in a dream where kate asks her um what she's feeling and taylor says i feel hunger and she's a wraith herself and she wakes up and she looks so disgusted and I was like, holy shit. It was a bit of a build-up to, to the feeding scene later, but it's just, she feels so disgusted that she, seeing the other side of, like, she's she's in the mind of the anime, and I don't she don't think she likes it one bit. Um, like, yes, she wants to know when they get here, what their plans are, but feeling them, feeling their hunger, their... And I don't even want to know what it feels like to feed on someone. It's it must be like from the wraith perspective, it's probably a good feeling. Like when you eat, I don't know. Yeah, just her her feeling that must be one of the worst feelings ever. And I don't know how she recovers from that. How 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 do you bounce back from that? I yeah, like you're saying, it's an insane lead up to not only the feeding scene, but the fact that she herself had wraith DNA, and it just speaks volumes about her character that she's so willing like even after experiencing the trauma that like the rape feeding she's still willing to go in and look for more information like she knows she can do it and she can doesn't mean she should right or that it's good for her but the fact that she's willing to put her not health i don't want to say um or life but like soul um, if you believe in that sort of thing on the line, um, it was crazy to me. The other insane lore drop of the this episode was that um, the wraith 
or at least wraith language had evolved after the ancients. And Carson surmises that humans were left on a planet with the Raidus bugs and that's how Wraith came to be. And the team are sort of arguing a little bit back and forth about how that happened. Was it because the ancients were negligent? Um, was it a mistake? I'm leaning towards the camp of like willful experimentation and then oops we made a mistake. <laughs> but it was interesting to see where everyone kind of stood on that argument and how Feelings about the ancients are slowly changing uh, with information coming to light. Yeah, that is so true. I, oh man. Yeah, the ancients were probably experimenting, huh? They're doing some weird shit. I feel like we we definitely learn more later, but I don't have the, I don't remember what we learned later, but we learn more later. But I don't think it's going to be any better for the ancients. Um, It's so weird. Because I love that too, like, everyone's face. Like, John is so disturbed the entire time. And he says, like, the whole, like, don't, I thought we are going to stop talking about the bugs. Because, like, he's so traumatized by that. And I love that running joke so much. Um, but even, like, when Ford is, like, what? Like, like they merge with them? Like, kind of, like, you know? It was, everyone just looks so disgusted. And I was, like, besties same. That is so weird. How did that even happen? How did, again, I'm sure these are rhetorical maybe maybe not all of them but like how did the ancients just let them grow you know like into that giant ass like civilization like they really said we don't see anything happening we don't see anything happening until it was way too late and the wraith were knocking at their door blowing down their door really and so yeah i think it's once again ancient slander is encouraged <laughs> they are ridiculous <laughs> And so incredibly negligent. I was watching the Pegasus Project yesterday, I think. And there's a scene with Vala, Daniel, and Elizabeth in the room with the hologram, which is not a hologram. And Elizabeth is still, it's in season, it's around season three in Atlantis. Um, in, in SG-1, it's, it's season 10. But Elizabeth, you can see, it's so, the dichotomy is so amazing because Daniel is so done with the ancients. He's just like, fuck these bitches. And Elizabeth is still like, no, they would never do this. And they are like this. And these spiritual beings. And I was like, girl, you've been here two, more than two years. You still don't know shit. And you're still adoring them. Yeah, speaking of which, Elizabeth even defends the ancients during this conversation. Like, she's like, the ancients weren't responsible for creating murderous beings. Mm, debatable. Although... The one good thing that occurred from this revelation is the fact that Zelenka totally called this shit. He was like, I bet you money, Rodney, that the Wraith came after the Ancients. I bet you money. And he won that bet. <laughs> I don't know how he came up with it. I don't know if he was just guessing or if he, like, knows some Ancient or something, but good for him. And I... And, Another part of me is, like, currency is no good in the Pegasus galaxy, so, like, what do they barter? Like, what what does he owe, what does Rodney owe Zelenka now? Coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that moment because I have never noticed it before. This was the first time me watching this and noticing this, this moment. It's like, it's one second, he's like, pay up. And... 
I cracked up. I completely cracked up. How amazing is that? And it also totally plays into what Sam was talking about last week or even before that with the bedding pool, that there are bedding pools on Atlantis, that they have that. And they're like small ones and big ones. And this is just one instance where we see it actually. And amazing, amazing. And good for Radek, honestly. Good for him. <laughs> he deserves a win. Oh, <laughs> That makes me so happy. Okay, really quick though, before we talk about the fun stuff, I do want to go back to the uh, what Tor was saying about Elizabeth and how, you know, we were talking like, and Nash too. Like, I just wonder, like, what is it about the ancients? You know, what is it about the ancients that have just completely captured Elizabeth that she, in season three, <laughs> or in Pegasus Project, which is season three of Atlantis, she is still like. The ages are great, guys. The ages are great. Like, it, uh, I just, I really want to know. It's not even just to, like, like, I'm just so curious. Like, what is it about them as a society, as a culture, as, like, a group of people that she is so eager to be, like, these are people that are better than, like, these are people that hold themselves to a higher standard. They wouldn't do this. Like, it just, it's so fascinating. And I wish we had gone some light or some sort of inkling into why she's so captivated by them but also switching to the fun stuff uh i love 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 that scene of carson rodney's like and i was gonna say is it the first scene we get of them three all three of them hanging out i think it might be i feel like i haven't seen them three on screen before and we've talked about this a bunch of times or i think on the pod maybe off the definitely off the pod as well but I freaking love them three. You know, we have we we occasionally have our little issues with Carson. We still love him. Um, but I think he just becomes infinitely better when he's with Rodney and Zelenka. And it pains me to my core. It physically pains me, actually, that we never got an episode of them three off world. Like, it drives me crazy. It drives me insane that we never saw them three. But anyways, I was just going to say... Uh, what's also it's the, what's their ship name? Stargate it can't be the do science. ship names. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, like, it can't be the science trio. Okay, that's taken. That's from universe. What's them three? Is it Mick? McLinkett? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard of that one actually. Um, what? Regardless, I don't know. I feel like it might be that. I don't know. But regardless, I just I like that. I know. It's not that bad, actually. It's the best we can come up with. But I don't know. I love this OG3. Like, whether or not it's like, I feel like for me, it's maybe not necessarily romantic, just more like platonic. But I would still honestly put them in like my top three favorite OG3s. Like, I freaking love them. Like, in uh, the mispotential, I think, of just them being best friends and getting more scenes of just them three. And like, all of them have such different, different ideas, different personalities. And like, they're so funny together. So... Yeah, no, I just love seeing them. I feel like they would always team up against, like, two of them against one of the other, but it would change all the time, depending on the topic and situation. It would be, it would be a really, really fun dynamic. Oh, 100%. And I love, I love Ronnie and Zelenka, like, treating Carson like an object. They're like, well, we have it first! Like, <laughs> and being oh. proprietary about him, it was, it was just great. Speaking of which, after... Carson was stolen by Elizabeth. 
Much to his delight. Rodney and Zelenka are like, okay, we need somebody else to come in the chair. And they name drop Miko. And I was like, oh my god, Miko has the gene. I totally forgot. I know. I was so happy because I feel like she's the first one. I don't know if I talked about this before on the pod, but I thought about it a lot. And I tried to remember women who have the gene and they... Do, do, do they have any? Like, no, we have Miko. Yay! Amazing. I was so happy. So, oh, finally, we have somebody else except um, John, Carson, Rodney, and some random uh, military who always die when they use their jeans. Nice, but also, why, why, why are there more women with jeans? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit salty about that. <laughs> Yeah, and like now I'm thinking in the future, like why don't they get Miko to use the chair? Because they use they get Carson to use the chair a couple of times when John isn't there. He doesn't want to let Miko use it. I anytime we get again, I feel like this is just adding to our agenda of the science expedition is such a fucking funny like group of people. Like they're the people I just want to be yeah, like towards out of flying the wall and watching them. Like I don't give a shit about the military people. Okay, they suck. Give me the science expedition, all the reality show about the science expeditions. And I love it when they just like, just them just name dropping Nico out just made me so unreasonably happy. Because again, like, uh, it's just, it's bare minimum, literally. The bar is in hell. But I love just you know, <laughs> keeping up the uh, continuity. Especially just since we just saw her last episode, they were like, oh, hey. Remember? Mika's still here. And I was like, aw, yay! Mika's here! And speaking of the science expedition, we find out, another lore drop this episode, that there are 200 expedition members, and the majority of them are science people. So that was cool. I didn't think it was so small. It feels like really small for such a big city, but that's really cool. Well, they lost a lot of people. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know with how many they they started out, but I feel like we lost at least ten. At least, for any Battlestar Galactica fans out there, you will know what I'm talking about. They have like a count of oh. the people that they lose. So they they had like ten thousand people, and then it just keeps going down <laughs> and down <laughs> with every crisis. So I imagine like. They have an official account on Atlantis. That's horribly morbid, but... Well, Elizabeth definitely has, like, a private one because she just... It just haunts her. It would be really hard to, like... But do they... Is it just the expedition or do they add people when they, like, make friends or take in refugees or something? Oh, true. So, technically, you can add to the number as well. It's not always being subtracted from. Okay. I just have a few more things left, and it does kind of tie in, but I was going to say, um, I love the scene where Taylor, John, Rodney, and Ford all go to the planet and go investigate, and Ford's like, what the hell are we doing here? And John's like, just let her do it. She has to do it, like, to keep her sane. Like, it's so funny. And the thing is, like, that little, like, minute, two-minute scene, it drives me crazy, because I think there are so many good little crumbs in that scene of what that OT4 with Ford could have looked like, you know? There's that little scene um, where Rod, like, there's that little, like, 
shot of them three and Ronnie's like with his little like device like wait something like believed and they're like wait what the fuck really like they fully did not believe that to happen when Taylor disappears they're like where's Taylor they're like she went and oh my god and Ronnie's like well just get a running head start just run into the wall like <laughs> you wanted John to run into the like it's so funny and then of course the iconic Ford making a dick joke and John just looking absolutely unhappy he's like who put this five-year-old on my team he's like get this man out of here he, john cannot take it he's too pretentious like he's like are literally on babysitting duty like uh i freaking love that scene with all of my heart i love i think some of the best scenes of the atlantis crew is just when they're walking to places and they have to talk to each other in character and it's so good John truly Ford. betrayed his rich boy upbringing with his disgust <laughs> at Ford's dick joke. I also thought it was so funny that when he, like, glared at him for for saying that, Ford was like, you guys make fun of me all the time, and I'm making fun of Rodney, and now I'm getting in trouble? Like, it's so <laughs> funny. I love to imagine the little, in like, fighting and, like, ganging up on each other. So good. The prank wars were probably legendary. <laughs> Oh, yes. And I think it just, oh, it just reinforces the idea that Ford was very much little brother energy for them. Oh, All of yes. them, honestly. Yeah. Like, um, like if, if Ford was little brother energy, I feel like Ronan is like middle child energy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that dynamic is so cute, especially, you know, like Ronnie didn't have a younger brother. And then Sean kind of maybe sees can see eventually you know or could have seen Ford as almost a replacement for his own brother you know as the younger ah do we know if Kayla has any siblings I don't know but she could have had a sibling with Ford like ah oh, oh she she had siblings for sure I feel like yeah Taylor is the big sister and also the mom of the group like if she I'm kind of glad she didn't um Notice this little exchange between the three of them because she was just so zoned out. Otherwise, she would just be rolling her eyes and be like, oh god, these children, I have to work with them every day. Um, <laughs> and I just, I love how she just whooshes through the wall. It's just, I don't know, and it's so hilarious somehow. <laughs> and I actually laughed when she's just whoosh, gone. <laughs> and then Rodney, yeah, just slam really into it. <laughs> oh god. I love them. They are awesome. Such idiots. Yeah, my, another favorite trope of mine is, uh, like you just said, Ash, Rodney um, telling John to do things that he doesn't want to do himself, uh, <laughs> which run headfirst into a stone wall. <laughs> and that got the response Ronan, it deserved. Ronan would have done it. He would have run <laughs> into the wall. He would have taken it as a challenge, for sure. <laughs> Yes, yes. I I need more of uh there is that one scene um in ir uh irresponsible that kind of goes along with this head canon of R suddenly of like Ronan just like I feel like if you challenge Ronan to do something he'd be like okay yeah, I'll do it all you have to say the words is like I challenge you and Ronan would be like I'm up I'm here and there's that like, Lucian Lucius is like punch me in the face and Ronnie's like don't do it like he has the shield and Ronan just decks him and completely like hurts his hand and like hopping around he's like my hand and Ronnie's just like i told you like 
I needed more of running, uh, just doing shit like that. Running head first, golden retriever energy. <laughs> He's just blinking his head, trying his best. Ronin jackass AU. Where is it? <laughs> we talk a lot about Ronin today. It's very funny. I know. I know. And somehow it comes back to Ronin. I don't know how. <laughs> Are we in a Ronin mood? Like, what was in the air today? We were just like, we need Ronin in this episode. <sighs> okay. One last thing about Ronin. Okay. And then we're going back. We're going to finish this damn episode before we hit the three hour mark. Imagine if Ronan was in this episode, like, oh, oh my gosh, the the him and Taylor. But how how would he react to Taylor being proud? Right? Honestly, I think I don't know. I feel like he'd be more worried about her than anything having to do with like genealogy. I don't think it would matter to him because she, because of who she is. I think, yeah, I think it depends on how early this is into the relationship. Yeah, true. Because that like imagine if like. You know, okay, so, you know, like, there's that first, uh, like, they meet on whatever world he was on, they take him back to Atlantis, and they have that really, like, weird app where they're, like, he's, like, you know, he signs to the ground all that. I feel like if this had happened after that, like, right after, they would have never been as close as they were. I think if this was, like, season, even season three, Ronan would have been, like, yeah, he, he wouldn't have given a shit. He would have been, like, are you okay? And, like, he would have been on Elizabeth's side being, like, no. Don't let Taylor do this. Get her out of there right now. Yeah, I, I, I think it could be, uh, go either way with his reaction. I can see him being super pissed at distant at her, even though she can't. It's it's not her fault. But yeah, also him being protective of her. Man, Full on echo like... style. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, oh. <laughs> Both of our reactions were like, yeah, oh. But... I was going to say, I feel like this would have been a really fun episode for them as well to have that conflict. Because I think maybe he could have been overprotective from the beginning. And then she would have had to, like, you know, they could have had a big argument scene in the middle, maybe. Or towards, right before she goes under as the Wraith. And she could have been like, you need to leave me alone. Like, I'm not, we're not, you know, like, something just, like, to really get at him. Like, you can't control me this way we're not family we're not this you can't tell me what to do it hurts him and then they could have made up maybe after he's you know he's pissed and then he sees her become the wraith and he's like ah worried for her and then they could have had that scene at the end where they could have reconciled she could have apologized and or he could have obviously he would apologize too and he'd be like i have to learn how to trust you and know you're gonna be you're strong enough on your own you don't need me and she's like i need you (laughs) <laughs> she, oh, she's always gonna need him <laughs> but oh, also him doubting her or him being angry at her or not trusting her anymore for being part Wraith would also feed so much in her into her self doubt it could get yeah. really bad for her no when you that would actually like hurt me to the core that's why I'm not like imagining that side but, like, <laughs> him not trusting her would actually <laughs> break everyone i think on atlantis i think it'd break the team genuinely because they would not be able to function she would be so heartbroken and so like hurt by the fact that he couldn't look over this and i think it could get messy real quick like it would be like teams you have to pick a team i don't think like i feel like 
the entire base. It'd be like a like a like a civil war almost. Like the entire base would have to pick sides. Like Ronan's eating lunch over here, Taylor's eating lunch over here. Which side are you gonna join, John and Rodney? And Rodney and John are like, okay, today's Monday, so you go with <laughs> Ronan. I go with Taylor. We switch every other day. Joint custody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if Ronan, like Ronan and Taylor being mad at each other would. Oof, the no, entire base would no. be walking on tippy toes. Yeah. No one wants to no one wants to spar with either of them because they know they're just gonna be extra like hard on you. You know, in, in movies when like two superheroes like finally fight each other and there's this huge energy burst coming when like their fists get to each other or something like that. That would happen. <laughs> uh, it would destroy Atlantis, like literally. They, it could not and the energy between those two, no, like the rivalry, nope. I noticed this little tidbit, right? And I was like, you know what? I don't care that it might not be what they're referencing, I was like, but I'm gonna take it as an answer to our previous question, excuse me, for last week. So when Bates runs into the gate room, he's like, oh, I, he's like, oh, like they place something down right next to a gate. Like a, he says some, I think he says something. I don't know if he says light or not. But he says they put something right next to the gate and John goes, oh, I think he goes, I've seen it before. He goes, they've tagged the planet. So oh. I was thinking, what if it's the red light? What if we were right on the money? What if that's a tag? Oh, yeah. Oh. I didn't make that connection. That's amazing. Damn. <laughs> How this. long did we spend on that one question? We were like literally debating for so long. Like, is it a tag? What is this? And then, what does it mean? In a mean? one second throwaway line, John's like, yeah, yeah it's a tag. Yeah. <laughs> Tagged what? We're like, okay. Uh, yeah, despite his numerous hiccups this episode, <laughs> there were some really fun John moments. One of them was right at the beginning during the meeting with everybody where Rodney was like, you know, we're scientists. And you guys aren't going to expect us to, like, pick up guns and, like, fight the Wraith, are you? Uh, and John is like, you know, like, scientists help change the tide of war, guys. Like, think about it. Like, think about the A-bomb. And Rodney and Zelenka look at each other and they're like, did not just say that. Like, the science's biggest regret. And you just cited it as an example of why we should be here. Like, please. And it also does some interesting foreshadowing to later seasons or season. I'm referring to Trinity, of course. I'm sure we will have much to discuss when that rolls around. Okay, but also just to jump in really quick. I love when Rodney and Zelenka kind of bully John. They do this sometimes. <laughs> or like, they try to make him feel stupid and like, he gets so, like, he just rolls his eyes, and it's so funny that, like, when, Rod when Rodney and, like, Zelenka get, like, in their best friend mindset, they have to, like, they have to be, like, if you were friends today. Like, they're <laughs> so funny, because they'll just bully everyone, and, like, they don't give a shit. They, like, Voltron Transformer into the biggest, <laughs> baddest mean girl possible <laughs> when they work together. Like, I love their banter when they fight each other, it's great, but when they turn... The mean it's a Regina George. Is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And they direct their fury at other people. It's just so great. 
And possibly the biggest shocker of the episode to me, outside of all this stuff, and I didn't even notice it. This is the first watch through I actually noticed. They mentioned that the Wraith want to take Atlantis so they can come to Earth. Which I knew. But they said it was Sumner who had given them that information when he was being fed on. That is so interesting. And I was like, what? It makes me... Yeah. 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 Because, like, I know we've kind of, like, danced around it, but we've kind of been like, what's the timeline here, you know? Like, has it been? Like, I think at this point we can easily guess it's been definitely over six months, right? Maybe even, like, like, more toward, like, eight months, maybe? Since they've been here, right? But it's... That's interesting, because girl, how far away is their home world? <laughs> like, <laughs> they're on the opposite side of the Pegasus galaxy. Like, how far did it take for that news to travel to, you know... Well, I'm going to now pretend that, like, our ideas are canon about the Wraith. That there's a council full of queens on the home <laughs> planet, so I'm just going to pretend that from now on. They can't stop me. So anyways, how far did it take for the, that queen to tell the other queens on her home world? Right, like, because... That Earth was, you know... Yeah. How did it travel? Like, they well, killed mm. her, right? So she must have had to tell them, like, telepathically. Yeah, but, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I kind of think that this goes along with how she woke them all. Like, they are... Also, I'm not sure she was a queen. Um, oh, right. Um, it, it's some kind of, uh, um, like, a guard or something. Yeah. And, like, because they killed her she woke everyone else up right. and maybe maybe um with that went along this message that there's this place or even this whole galaxy i don't know if they get got that far or just that earth has billions of people um maybe it's some kind of i don't know primitive instinct or something like you know, for them to like, okay, we have to go there now because we know there's food. Right. And we know that Wraith ship do need longer to travel because they can't stay in hyperdrive, uh, hyperspace for too long. So maybe the, the yeah, that's true. That's true. Because you're right. That would definitely add like at least, you know, maybe an extra month or two. Right, maybe even three. Like I don't know. Again, maybe they were like super freaking far away, like on the <laughs> other side of the Pegasus galaxy, you know. And maybe like if we're pretending that there was like a bunch of queens on a council on a homeworld somewhere, they would have sent like an armada, <laughs> not like two little rice ships. So maybe like when I'm gonna call her, should we call her the mother? <laughs> yeah, the Why not? the mother, the mother. When she maybe when the mother died. Um... <laughs> She kind of like she woke she woke those people up right, and maybe those people just got on their ship and came straight to Earth. Yeah, or so not Earth. Oh, sorry, Atlantis. Um. Also, didn't they first um, like the reason they went to go to Atlantis and then to Earth is because um they woke up too early and there's not enough not enough food for them. So I think at first they were just kind of um calling the places the known places the known planes whatever um and now that that's getting maybe that um was good for like a few months and then just more and more wraith kept um waking up so now it's there's not a month not enough 
anymore and that's why they decided now to take on atlantis yeah yeah because like, i really just like the idea of the oh go ahead go ahead go ahead go ahead oh i was just gonna say they weren't supposed to wake up yet right so maybe like they didn't let the populations replenish as much as they usually do so gotta find some more places to feed from aka earth and the milky way galaxy Yay. Definitely. Because, I mean, when you, when we, like, have visited other planets, I mean, obviously, like, blah, 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 real life, like, extras, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's, it doesn't seem like there's, like, that many people ever. And again, like, you know, you can say extras, TV show, yeah, okay, whatever. But I like to say, yeah, exactly what Tora said, that they just didn't let enough time pass between callings. They were not ready. And to go a step further again, I just love the idea that, like, that planet or whatever, the mothers, like, erased, you know, that woke up. Maybe they just decided to go fucking rogue. They're like, yeah, let's, they're like, before we tell the queens, let's go to Atlantis ourselves and, like, see if we can find a way to Earth. True. Interesting. I do love Wraith infighting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe they thought it was gonna get them like a like a reward, you know, like a like Queen's favorite ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do Wraith name their ships? Oh, they have to. <laughs> we talked about Wraith names at some point, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're great naming. Yeah, what are they calling their ships? Like again, sticking with the cheesiness, I feel like they'd be like Midnight Star. <laughs> 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 Like, like like the star like i don't know like i feel like i like the i feel like they would probably continue the very like earthy nature emo email the destroyer <laughs> the star destroyer oh speaking about the wraith homeworld oh my gosh can you imagine what the wraith homeworld would have looked like and it would have been so cool because you know you know how we picture atlantis right like the Wraith homework would be, would be like the antithesis, like like the dark version of it, like that version of Atlantis, you know? But, it's, you know, maybe there is like some like ancient style, like Greek style, like structures, but it's been covered in like that weird, like slimy aquatic Wraith stuff, you know? And maybe they try to imitate and try to do their own architecture, but it looks kind of just like fucking weird, like weird pillars that are shaped like a bit out of shape and like, you know, red plants and shit, like, and the lighting is like purple gray like it is on the race ships. Yes. Do you think that the like in this version that we created is the Wraith home planet the planet where the uh Eratus bugs first infested mm. humans? Is that the same planet? And it just it over the 10,000 years or however long the time span is that they changed it, or the world just changed into their weird wraith shit. Yeah, I think I like to think like I love that. they corrupted like the existing infrastructure and stuff, and they just made it. They wraithified it. <laughs> just yes. like being there. Going off of what we learned in canon, it was a what if it was like an Atlantis like lab, or like a second, almost like a. Like a second Atlantis almost. Like they had maybe those a few towers they had left there. Ooh. And then 
Amazing. Our minds, our minds, unparalleled, unmatched. We're so cool. Okay, anyways, let's ho- head over to Ash uh, for the Bechdel test, uh, which makes me very happy. Pass with flying colors. Oh, amazing. There was, I know, it, I don't have to talk about it every time, but in this case in particular, there was just, I noticed that a lot of the guest stars, like, were women. Kate, uh, we had Kate Heitmeyer and Charin. But yeah, and then next up we have Tor with the behind the scenes. All right. So this episode was written um, in part by Robert C. Cooper, and in an interview he had done regarding the episode, he had said that, and I quote. We're actually just in the process of developing some backstory for the Wraith that kind of has them evolving as a result of the Ancients and their presence in the galaxy and to a certain extent having the Ancients having brought some of the doom down on themselves. So I thought it was interesting that he explicitly stated that in an interview. Uh, And I like his wording there as well. The whole doom thing. Yeah. So, uh, in this episode, it's discovered that the Wraith evolved after the Ancients arrived in Pegasus. The Aratus bugs seen in 38 minutes are an ancestor of the Wraith. And the introduction of human DNA to the planet helped the creatures evolve into what we now know as the Wraith. So, in one of the Stargate novels, Stargate Atlantis Secrets, they proposed that the Wraith were actually an experiment by the Ancients one they claimed was to give themselves an immunity to the Aratus bugs, but was actually an attempt at immortality, just in case ascension didn't work. And I thought that was an interesting reason for them to experiment in that way, because I was always like, why? Why did you <laughs> decide to mix these bugs with humans together? And I guess that would be a good way to explain it. Damn. <laughs> right? It ties into, like, the ancient hubris. Yeah, absolutely, completely. Yeah, I like that a lot. I know, uh, you know, the books are uh, a hot topic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whether or not they are canon or not, and I think most people agree they aren't, but I will gladly consider this canon. <laughs> it has been canonized. Right? It's an interesting <laughs> take, for sure. Jumping Puddles podcast com- approved. <laughs> we should get a stamp. We should. <laughs> I would love that. I would just put it on everything. Everything I own would just have a stamp. <laughs> so, during the opening late night montage, Lieutenant Aiden Ford's room has a comic book, and on the cover, uh, it has the likeness of Martin Wood. And this comic, called The Amazing Avenger, was created for the Stargate SG-1 episode, Avenger 2.0, but was never actually used or seen on camera. That's so cute. Yeah, so they got to use the prop, finally. Also, yeah, Ford would be the type of guy. (laughs) Him and John would bond over comic books. Oh, totally. Rodney would join in sometimes, too. Yes, Batman is his favorite, of course. (laughs) Oh my gosh, wait. Uh, I feel like Ford would be a Spider-Man kind of guy. Oh, yep. Yep, totally. I can see that. What about John? Who would he like? 
I know he likes Batman, but like, would it be his favorite? Good question. Oh. Not Spider-Man because he doesn't like bugs. <laughs> I know spiders aren't <laughs> bugs, but close enough. You know what? I kind of um, I don't I don't know if this would be his favorite, but I just feel like I don't. I'm getting like Nightwing vibes. Ooh. Maybe just more of like they're similar. Maybe less of him being as favorite. Oh yeah, I definitely see <laughs> the daddy issues being number one. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that he's pathetic, but yeah, that that too. That too. <laughs> um, Kate Heitmeyer was introduced in this episode, and her first name was originally supposed to be Jane. It wasn't until Peter DeLuise pointed out to Robert C. Cooper that there is an actress named Jane Heitmeyer who starred in Gene Roddenberry's television series Earth Final Conflict that they then decided to change their name or Kate's name to Kate. I've never seen Earth Final Conflict. I know it's science fiction, but that's about it. Any listeners, if you've seen it, please message us with feedback. Let us know if it's worth watching. Please. Uh, James Lafasanos previously played Jimmy in the Stargate Atlantis episode Rising, Steve in Suspicion and Poisoning the Well, and Mr. Hooper in The Defiant One. And he played... What I'm assuming the writing staff uh, colloquially nicknamed uh, Gordon because they never said, nobody ever named him Gordon on the show. I guess because he was in Tale of Dreams only. Where did they come up with these names? Like, who? I, 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 can't, I can't with the naming. Why do John's boyfriends all sound so much older than he is? <laughs> Her. Gordon. The daddy issues jumped out. Ooh. Girl. Oof. Bestie, what are you doing? Therapy quick. <laughs> oh, and there was a little bit of a goof in this uh, episode. When Taylor is getting fed upon by the wraith and she fights him off to wake up and realize it's all a dream, if you look really closely there are actually pieces of the race finger guard like those things that they wear on their hands lying on her bed (laughs) i'll take a screenshot and show you guys um but you can clearly see it it's there so they most likely came off like while they were struggling during the previously shot scene and they just didn't even notice that they were in the shot oh and we have an interesting um different language title for this episode. In French, they called it sous-hypnose. So that is under hypnosis in English instead of the gift. Oh, interesting. Mm. It's kind of on the nose. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Under hypnose. actually good (laughs) (laughs) oh man it's sleep deprivation it's kept you up for too long (laughs) probably yeah okay well um i don't know if we need to do ending comp do we uh oh god this is gonna be such a long episode uh episode good like two seconds (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
Oh no, poor uh, Tor has to edit this. Um, okay, everyone go around and say two seconds of an ending wrap up. Okay, just say quickly and then give a rating and then we'll go quick. Oh shit, rating. <gasps> I can't. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll go first. Upon rewatch, I found I really freaking love this episode. There's so much to it, so many good. Everyone gets a little good moment. It's so good. Um, I love that they're on the base as well. I love base episodes. Uh, I'm gonna only give it a nine out of 10. I'm gonna take a point off because I know that unfortunately this leads nowhere for Taylor's character. <laughs> so point off for giving me hope. <laughs> I really like this episode. I, I liked the centers around Taylor to learn so her and also that there are law drops. Um, after discussing it with you guys, I just like it more <laughs> because the parts that I kind of had an issue with um, kind of got cleared up or just you shed a different light on it. So thanks for that again. I want to say nine out of 10 as well, but I can't really reason that. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> nine out of 10. Reason really, enough. Really good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Taylor, cool, fun, interesting. I like team dynamics, cool horror elements. A plus, nine out of ten. For the same reason that Sam said, for giving me <laughs> hope and taking it away. Yay. Oh, we did it. Okay. <laughs> well, if you've made it this far. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Jumping Puddles podcast. Uh, we had a great time, as you probably heard. Um, <laughs> and be sure to tune in next time for a special bonus episode. Should we, should we like, say what it is, or should we uh, just keep a surprise? Ooh. I want to say surprise. Okay, we can do surprise. surprise uh, okay, we'll be dropping a surprise bonus episode um, next time. Uh, so yeah, look forward to that. And again, don't forget don't forget to hit us up on our social medias, which are linked in the description down below. Both the Jumping Puddle social medias and our own personal social medias if you want to uh, see what we're up to and hit us up. Thanks for hanging out with us today. And we'll see you next time. Oh, Bye! Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it worked out. Bye. <laughs> All right, you clowns, listen up. I don't often get a chance to say this, so savor it. Good work, boys and girls. Let's go home.